Hi, listeners. Welcome to the Grief Out Loud podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Janet Christofaro and wanted to give you just a little heads up as you listen to this episode, you'll be hearing references to our old name, which was Dear Dougie. So just so you don't get too confused, you're listening to the right podcast and we look forward to bringing you even more great content under the Grief Out Loud name. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children in Portland, Oregon. I'm Jana DeCristofero. After over 30 years of listening to the stories of grieving children, teens, and adults in our grief support groups, we wanted to share what we've learned from them with the larger community. This podcast is a way to open up the often avoided conversation about grief. While we all experience loss during our lives, when it occurs, most of us don't know what to do, how to feel, or even how to talk about it. So whether you're grieving a loss or wanting to support someone who is, we are here to explore and talk about what matters to you most in grief. Today's episode is the first in a three-part series where we'll be talking about what it's like to grieve when you had a complex, conflicted, ambivalent, or challenging relationship with the person who died. This is our first topic that came to us from a listener, so thank you for sending us an email with the idea. And if you're out there and you have something you really want us to talk about, send us an email, give us a call. We'll do our best to get a podcast out there about that. So over the course of this three-part series, I'm going to be talking with um, three different people who had three different relationships with the people who died. I'll be speaking with a sister, an ex-wife, and a daughter. And today, I'm really excited to be joined by Jenny Sanders. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you could be here today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to be part of the Dougie Center? I started coming to the Dougie Center about six years ago when my very recent ex-husband of 16 years passed away in a car accident. And so I learned about the Dougie Center and have been bringing my... uh, kids since then. And you had three kids who came to the Dougie Center? Yes, three kids. Actually, two have now graduated, and I'm just bringing my 17-year-old daughter. 17? Yes. I think I met her when she was like 10. 10. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a change that, yes. that's been. Well, like I said, I really appreciate you being here. And when I reached out to you, I know I originally emailed you and just mentioned the topic of what it's like to grieve when the relationship you had was complex or challenging or just complicated in some way. And I'm curious for you, what kinds of things came to mind in relation to your own experience? Well, I started thinking about how when um, Rich died, we were very recently divorced and I really had not even dealt with the grief of that relationship. And um, it was very uncomfortable to even talk about. It felt very strange to call myself the ex-wife. Um, and so I was just dealing with so many emotions related to the ambivalence of the divorce and the problems that we had just recently had prior to him dying. Was there one particular emotion that, that stood out to you as you were going through that process? Well, I, I suppose I, I felt really sad that, um, we could never have the opportunity to kind of reconcile, and I don't necessarily mean saving the marriage, but um, to go through those experiences of um, just being a separated family, but still being a family, if that makes sense. So a chance to kind of renegotiate your roles and find a new way of 
being connected. Correct. And so that was lost when he died. Yes. And we were actually just starting to kind of find that, I, I would say, when he died. Um, he died right before Christmas, and uh, he came for Christmas. And we spent the Christmas with, with the kids, you know, had breakfast and opened gifts and that kind of thing. Whereas the Christmas before, we had just recently separated and we weren't even speaking. So I feel like we were making progress. So I feel like kind of sad that we couldn't actually have succeeded in um, being a separate family, but doing it well. Right. So you got a glimpse of what it might be like to do that. And then that got cut short. Correct. By his death. Yeah. And so you've got three kids and they were all in their different places with their grief. And I imagine they had a different relationship with their dad. Um, so how is that for you as a mom to navigate your experiences, your feelings, and then your kids' grief as well? The children basically um, feel their father was a hero and could do no wrong, as most people do about their parents, if they have a good relationship. And he was an excellent father. Just, you know, the problems were between he and I. And so um, they really, I kind of feel like I had to put my grief for the loss to the side and not really deal with the loss of my husband. It was more of the loss of their father. So um, how does you do that? That seems like it would be so hard to be putting that aside and be really present for your kids. What helped you in that process? I honestly, I, I feel like coming to the Dougie Center really helped and hearing different people's stories and realizing that it's it was okay to be feeling what I was feeling. I tried to prioritize and put the kids first and just, you know, I would have my moments where I would go to the office and shut the door and break down and just, you know, try to maintain to be strong for them. Also, something that was interesting, um, they brought, you know, all of his belongings to, to my house, We, you know, because we had separate homes. And so everything was put into the garage. And then eventually the children started moving things back into the house mm. all the way to where they even put his clothes back in the closet and hung pictures on the wall. So I just kind of let them do what they needed to do. And that worked, you know, until I, I, I suppose for several years, so I developed new relationships. And then, um, you know, we packaged up the clothes and things like that, the more personal items. But I just sort of tried to um, let them do what they needed to do because honestly, their grief, you know, I could have another relationship. They can never have another father. Another so I suppose I looked at it that way. Mm. So in a sense, he like moved out and then his, move, his things moved back in. They did, mm -hmm. yes. And the majority of them are still there. <laughs> so, um, in fact, I've moved a couple times and, and um, just moved the things with me. So the kids have two of the three are on their own now and have some of the things themselves. But um, otherwise, I'll be the keeper until they're ready to have those things. So, And I'm curious, too, oftentimes we'll hear parents who are trying to maintain connections maybe with in-laws so their partner dies, and then they're trying to maintain connections with the grandparents for their kids. And in your situation, having been so recently divorced, how was that for you to help your kids maybe have a connection with their grandparents? Um, we really, you know, it, the divorce was so recent that um, 
my in-laws were actually, you know, they are very great people and have been really good to me and the kids. So there were, there were no hard feelings there. And I think much like the kids kind of put it back together, my in-laws did too. So I just sort of allowed that to happen. You know, they call me their daughter-in-law. They come visit, you know, holidays and things like that and are welcome in my home anytime. And we just sort of, I don't know, brushed it under the rug like it never really happened. Mm. And it seemed that that comforted everyone, but not necessarily me. <laughs> but um, I just tried to just kind of go with the flow and do what seemed to make everyone else feel better. If you weren't in that position of being a mom and trying to make things better for your kids, what do you think would have been most helpful for you? Um, I, I suppose I, to be able to deal with the, um, hard feelings because it wasn't a divorce that I wanted. Um, it was very much a surprise and very, you know, I was grieving that loss, um, when he died. So I suppose I, um, would have actually felt those feelings sooner and dealt with it and just been real with myself about what had happened and allowed myself to process the grief in the normal stages. Um, so it's almost like the grief from the divorce got cut off because then the grief of his death it did swept yes. in. And I think I actually um, I had a I had a relationship after that went bad, and I think that's when I really processed the divorce. It was it was almost like it didn't really make sense the grief that I was feeling then. It was kind of like projected grief um, mm. because that loss was nowhere near the loss of a 16-year marriage. So I feel like at that point in time is when I actually really grieved for myself. Yeah, and we hear that sometimes from people in group that uh, even from a child who maybe their mom died when they're six and they have their grief when they're six years old and then they're nine and the family dog dies and the grief feels so overwhelming and they love the dog and that the grief is connected to the dog but there's a sense too of like oh I'm having a chance to be able to grieve about my mom through this second loss right like it's a little bit more of an an opening to that I feel like that's exactly what happened so Jenny when it comes to people asking you about the death or when when Rich first died and you had to tell people about what happened how did the nature of the relationship that you had affect what you shared, how you talked about it, how other people responded to you. So he was my ex-husband at that point, and I didn't really like to describe him that way. I feel like that created a lot of question, and a lot of people didn't even realize we had divorced yet. And so um, sometimes I will describe him as you know, the, my children's father, or I would just say, at one point I, I would just say my husband, or I, I realized one day I called myself a widow. And afterwards I thought, why did I do that? <laughs> um, because I'm really not a widow. But I think um, I, I don't really like to create all those, or to answer all those questions that come along with it, because it is complicated and complex. So I kind of just would buffer those things to just hopefully not get a lot of questions about it. So it must make it easier for other people to understand. They hear, oh, my husband, and they sort of have a sense of what that means. Yes. And also feeling like kind of cheated, like because he was my husband for so long. And he, he was definitely my husband a lot longer than he was not my husband. And um, seeing widows 
being able to own that, and that's just the truth. Kind of a little bit of envy in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That sounds yeah. So to be able to use the term "my husband died" opens up a door to be responded to or to have um, I don't know, like access to being able to grieve in a certain way. Definitely, because when you, I think when people know that it is an ambivalent relationship, they expect that the grief shouldn't be hard for you. Mm. But it is hard. Right. Right. And so people think, oh, well, you know, it's an ex-husband or you weren't close with that person. Or, um, you know, a lot of times for kids who maybe weren't close with the person who died, the parent, like they didn't get to see the parent very often for a variety of reasons. There can be all these assumptions that should be easier for them or they don't need as much care or attention as kids who are really close with their adult. Right. But in reality, you know, you're losing the opportunity to ever mend anything. And so I think that definitely adds a huge layer. A lot of times with kids and teens, it's like I was just getting to build a relationship with my dad or my mom had just gotten sober and I was finally going to get to know her that way. Right. So it sounds like that was really true in your situation and we were going to be able to renegotiate how we were together in the world. Right. So how has the grief changed for you over the years as you've watched it change for your kids? As they have become older, I think uh, they have realized the the reality of the relationship and everything that's happened between their dad and I without, you know, I never really sat them down and, and um, told them about what happened. They just thought we didn't love each other anymore and that we didn't want to be married, which is partially true. And as they have started having, you know, adult things happen in their lives, they have came to me and actually showed support and of the loss that I've had and realizing that um, their dad's not perfect and not that I have wanted them to ever think that, but but it's the truth, none of us are perfect. And so I think, again, that has come from as they have entered new stages in their lives, having relationships or jobs or going to school, um, just adult things that they can kind of look at it through new eyes Mm -hmm. and um, definitely I would say has brought us closer and we're a family that laughs a lot and so you know we we try to make humor in things when we can and that's definitely helpful Mm. too so so as they've grown older and realized that life comes with a lot of complexities they've been able to see their dad as a multi-layered person with different sides of his personality. Yes. And that opens up the, the door for you all to have more honest, authentic conversations about things. Yes. I definitely tried to protect them when they were younger, when it happened, because I just didn't want to spoil their vision that they have of their dad. Mm-hmm. And so I just, like I said, let things kind of flow as they did and, um, and as it's just came full circle, I suppose. Who did you have that you could turn to and when you know, you're sitting with your kids at the dinner table hearing another story of dad being a perfect hero and you're having all your feelings on the inside about that, who did you have that you could talk to? So I have uh, a lot of really great friends who just on a daily basis were very supportive and still are and, and family as well. Um, but I would say... Um, probably my two closest friends, you know, that's, we could sit down on a cup of coffee and, 
it was okay for me to show my anger mm -hmm. and they were very supportive. Um, or, you know, we could laugh about things together and I could just be honest about how I was feeling. So I definitely needed them and was able to get through easier having that support. So having that outlet for you kind of let some of that out so that you can go and be there with your kids again. Yes, for sure. Is there anything else you would offer as advice, even though we don't give advice at the Ducky Center, but you can on the podcast, to other maybe moms or dads who are in a similar situation that you were in, having an ambivalent relationship with um, a partner or an ex-partner and raising kids? What would you say to them? I would say it's okay to just own how you feel and definitely have someone that you can talk to that about. And depending on the age of the kids, um, I think there was a point where they realized, you know, when I was having a breakdown, like my mom is human. She's <laughs> not super a superhero. She's human and she has feelings and this is, you know, she's having pain over the loss of our dad. Um, so I think it's okay to let them know that, you know, you're human. That's one thing I just really tried to hold it together. And um, in mm. that weakness, actually, I think we found strength together mm. once I finally started letting it show. And so looking back, you might have done that a little sooner in the process to let them know that you were affected as well by the loss. Yes, for sure. And um, the other thing I did was sort of trying to replace that relationship at a time when I don't feel it was appropriate because. I was missing my husband. I was miss I had always been his wife. <clears throat> and now I was a single mom, you know, who had a, this situation where we had had a huge loss and life was not always fun. So, um, I really wish I would have taken the advice of f friends and family to just not go down that avenue, but can't change the past. Mm -hmm. So, and it sounds like that relationship helped open the door for you to to grieve what you needed to grieve too. It, it did. Well, Jenny, anything else you'd like to share today before we wrap up? Um, I would just like to say thank you to the Dougie Center for giving us the opportunity as a family to come here and have people to talk to and, and support us and love us through our grief. Oh, thank you. It's been an honor to watch all three of your kids grow up literally and figuratively <laughs> over the last couple of years. So thank you. Appreciate you being here today. And thanks to all of you out there for joining us for this episode of the Dear Dougie podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us and listen to past episodes, you can check us out at www.dougy.org. You can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter. And as we said at the beginning, we really want to be talking about what matters to you when it comes to grief. So if you have any ideas, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, send them our way at help at Dougie.org and be sure to put podcasts somewhere in the subject line. Thanks again for listening and join us again next time for another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast. Thanks for listening.